Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those worship guides. Inside are some sermon notes as we dive into part two of a series, just a three-week series that I'm doing. I'll close it out next Sunday called Blessed. Let me ask you a question. Are there any blessed people in the room today? Any blessed people? I, I think you're a blessed people. If you don't, you go, well, Aaron, I don't know if I'm really that blessed. You are at Radiant Church today. You are a blessed person. And you go, well, I don't know if I'm blessed because I'm here. Have you seen and felt the weather outside today? We are blessed people. Come on. This is our winter. Actually, funny. Uh, my kids were up so early this morning. Uh, and so they were walking around with me outside. And they were like, Daddy, it's freezing out. They had to go and like bust out their jackets. They were freezing. I'm like, you Florida children don't know anything. So... Anyway, this is our winner. Hey, uh, what does it mean to live a life? I'm trying to help you experience the blessing of God in your life. And it's simply to clarify this word. Being blessed means this. It just means having more than you need. And as a Christian, we've already been promised our needs met. We are sons and daughters of God. He's promised to give you shelter, to give you food. He says he cares about the, the sparrow that falls from its nest. How much more will he care for you? And I want you to know God cares about your needs. But I want you to live beyond the basics. I want you to live into a blessed life where you have more than you need, more time than you need, a, ha a happier marriage than you're experiencing right now, better family dynamic than you need. I want you to have a blessed home. I want you to have blessed resources, blessed finances. Come on, how many people would sign up for more finances than they need in their life? That's, that's a good place to be. And I think God wants this for you. I know there's controversy with it, but I helped clarify it in week number one, telling you I think God wants you to be blessed for a sole purpose that he wants you to be a blessing to the world around you. I think he wants you to have more than you need so that you can be a blessing to everybody. I think he wants our church to have more than we need so that we can do more to the world around us. This city needs this, the lost people need this, and I think your friends need you to experience the blessing of God in your life. I wanna take it another step forward and show you kind of a foundational principle that I think is one of the very reasons why you were created. And until you figure out this reason, you'll kind of always be kind of scraping by to, to experience all that God has for you. And it's from the very beginning, God created Adam and Eve. And the Bible says it like this. The first thing that God did when he created them is he gave them a command and he blessed them, say blessed. All right, so there's something happens when the blessing of God comes on your life, which is what I'm trying to do in this series is position your life for God's blessing. And then he said to them, listen, it's not just about you. I'm going to bless you, but I want you to be fruitful and to do what? To multiply. Now, now this could be, you know, I have kids. That's one of the things. Katie and I have taken on that assignment very seriously. And we have continually multiplied. And we are excited to announce that we're not multiplying anytime soon. So, um, <laughs> gotcha. All right. But, 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 but anybody that has experienced multiplication in their life, you've experienced having kids, a growth in the business, a growth in your influence, you understand that, that that experience of multiplication always happens after the blessing of God comes in your life. And I just don't think it's for a select few. I think this is, should be the goal that you get to, that your life has a multiplied impact. It's not just impacting one or two people but it's multiplied impact. That's why I've created the title of this message as this phrase. Write it down in your sermon notes, or you can write it down on your app, which is pretty awesome. So many people taking sermon notes there. And it's simply this phrase, you are made to multiply. 
You are made to multiply. You're made to make a bigger impact than you're experiencing right now. You're made to multiply, to have bigger influence, to have more resources, to have more impact right now. The world needs a multiplying church. And I want to help you figure out how to position your life for multiplication in every area of your life, especially ending out this year. I want to position our church to experience multiplication in our life. And it comes from one of the most famous passages on multiplication, and many of you guys know it as the feeding of the 5,000. Feeding of the 5,000. Now, the interesting thing about the Bible is the Bible um, has four Gospels in it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there are four Gospels that tell the life and ministry of Jesus. Now, a lot of the stories are the same in there, but very few of the stories are told in all four Gospels. The one we're hearing today is told in all four Gospels. So if you have your Bible, we're not going to go to all four Gospels. We're going to go to one, but then I'll reference the other, the other Gospels because they share a little bit more insight. You can open up your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 9, and I'll give you some context of what's happening behind the scenes in our story today, where, where Jesus had just underwent one of the worst days in ministry for him, where he found out that his his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. It's not a good day. He was really sad about this. And the Bible says that he tried to go to a solitary place to, to pray. And as he went alone to pray, the crowds followed him. And it wasn't a few people, but we're going to come to find out that there were thousands of people that followed him. So Jesus gets up one day and starts teaching these crowds. And he doesn't just teach for a little bit. He teaches all throughout the day. And the story goes like this. We'll pick up in verse 12. It says, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came to him and said, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and the country and lodge and get provision for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, well, well you just give them something to eat. He looks at his disciples, you give them something to eat. They were probably like, what are you talking about? How can we feed all these people? They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Now help me out. Say five loaves and two fish. All right, so that's not a lot of food, but unless we go to buy food for all these people. Now, one of the Gospels, the, the person responds and says, listen, we could buy food. So it would be eight months worth of wages. That's a lot of money right there. And he says, for all of them, for there were about 5,000 men. Now, if you're reading in another version, it says 5,000 men besides women and children. The way they counted in Jewish culture is they always counted the men. They didn't count the women or the kids because they counted per family. So you got to think of this. This is 5,000 families represented there. That is a lot of people. They say it's somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people. So I know you've grown up hearing Jesus fed 5,000. You were grown up learning a lie. You're here to receive the truth today. It was not 5,000. It was more probably like 20,000 people. So how did he do it? The Bible says he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so. And he made them all sit down and he took the five loaves and he took the two fish and he looking up to heaven and say these two words with me. He did what? He blessed. And then he what? He broke. There's all two different kinds of seasons that you're in in your life. When you give your life to Christ, there's a blessing season and there's a, there's a breaking season. Some of you guys are in a breaking season right now. I want to encourage you. You'll get through it. Your life will multiply if you allow God to break you a little bit. If you allow him to break you down a little bit. I know, I know it seems tough in this moment. But embrace the breaking. Come on, another message for another day. All right. And he gave them to disciples to set before the multitudes. And they took, and they all ate and were what? They were filled. And 12 baskets of leftover fragments were taken up 
by them. This is so unbelievable. At the end of this thing, not everybody was just satisfied. Not just the 20,000 were fed and were full, but then God works in such a crazy way that there's 12 baskets left over. Let me tell you why there was 12 baskets left over. Because I think God's showing us a little bit about his character. He is a God of the more. He'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can think or imagine. I think we've limited him too much. He can do more than you can even believe. Come on, give him better praise than that today, church. He's a God of the more. So I want, to, I want to take you on this series, this idea of, of a life that's blessed and let you experience how you can walk in multiplication in your life. And I think the best way to do it is to put you into the story. So would you do me a favor? Let's go on a little journey together. You don't have to be, take notes for just a second. I want you to imagine that you have forsaken your, your job, you've given up your, your family, and you have followed this man named Jesus. He says he's the Messiah. He says he's God in the flesh. This is a big deal. And you've gone on a journey the last couple of years with him. You've seen miracle after miracle. Now Jesus just got some bad news. So he's with you guys. You're with him. And he gets the news. John the Baptist has died. He was very close with John the Baptist. And this is, this is a tough season. So he says, hey, you know what we're going to do? Let's leave the people for a little bit. Let's go to a place in Galilee. Let's kind of get away for a little bit. We'll pray. Just spend some time alone. You're like, okay, God. So you start going on this trip with, with Jesus up to Galilee, but you turn around and there's like thousands of people following you. You're like, God, we can't get away from these people. Like the paparazzi, they're everywhere. Like we just can't get alone. So, so what happens is he gets there that night. He goes, okay, we're going to sleep. But tomorrow morning, he's like, here's what I want you to do. Send out a Facebook invite, tweet some people, put it on your Instagram. I'm going to do a teaching tomorrow morning. We'll have Sunday morning service in Galilee on the side of this hill. How about that, disciples? You're like, I'm in. Sounds great. Let's do it. So, so you're all excited. You, you sent out some, some messages to your friend. You tweeted it out. You're ready to go. And the next day you wake up. You're like, Jesus, it's time. They're ready for you to preach. And, and you go out there and there's not a few people. There's 20,000 people on this hill. They're ready to go. You kind of walk out looking at it going, man, this is like Radiant Church right here. This is like amazing, man. Look at the people just show up everywhere. It's pretty amazing. And, and Jesus starts teaching, and it's like solid material. It's amazing. He, he's giving, throwing down some one-liners. You're, you're, you're tweeting out some stuff. You're, you're putting pictures on Instagram of him teaching, going, man, look at this. Hashtag amazing message. Hashtag blessed to be here. Hashtag blessed life. Like, you're doing the whole thing. It's all exciting, okay? And then... The countdown video, I mean, like the countdown, the little video uh, screen at the back, it kind of goes to zero, and Jesus' time is up. The message should be over, and Jesus isn't done, and he keeps teaching, and you're like, wow, he's going to another point. He's got another, another message. Um, oh, he's going, oh, another Old Testament verse. Okay, all right, let's see how this is going. And, and you soar past 12 o'clock. Every, everybody's kind of hungry, but the crowd's still there. Jesus is still teaching. I'm telling you, you think I'm long-winded. Look at the Bible, okay? And Jesus is still teaching it. And then it goes past 1 o'clock. Football has started at this time. 
The crowd is a little bit like, you know what? I mean, we're, I guess we're going to give up football. It's not just 1 o'clock. It's not just 3 o'clock. It's not just 5 o'clock. Here's what the author of the, of the book said. He says, when the day began to wear away. You ever been in a service like that? You're like, this day is wearing away. You don't feel like that today at Radiant Church. But, but you feel like the day is just wearing away. And Jesus keeps going and keeps going. And they just like, man, this guy's never going to land this plane. We got to get. They even brought out the keyboard guy. You know what I'm talking about? Because they know if he starts playing, that's the cue. It's time to end the message, and they don't. So what they do is you, you get together. You, you kind of call the disciples. Remember, you're in this story. You call the disciples together. You're like, hey, guys, we, we got to come up with a plan. We got, there's 20,000 people here, and they're starving. I don't even know if they're starving. I'm starving. And, and we haven't eaten anything all day, and we got to do something. How about this? How about we tell Jesus? Let's blame it on the food and blame it on the people. Why don't we tell Jesus, hey, listen, these people are hungry. We're in the middle of kind of an isolated place here. We got to send them. The restaurants are all about to close. And if we don't send them out, they're not going to eat today. So you go, okay, that's a good plan. So they're like, we got to nominate someone. And they look at you. You're the one. You're the one. And you're going, you know what, guys? I can handle it. I'll go up. I'll take care of it. And so you walk up to Jesus. He's sitting there on some kind of cool rock. He's there talking to them. He's got his touchscreen TV where he's talking to them and giving some message points. And, and as he's teaching, you kind of go over to Jesus and you tap him on the shoulder and you, hey, hey Jesus, hey, hey, this is really good stuff you're teaching. Like we loved what you're teaching. I was just telling the guys, I was taking notes after notes. The app is awesome. I was filling it all out on the app. It's really good stuff, Jesus. But, um, uh, but the day's kind of wearing away. And these people are really, really hungry. And you love these people. And, and I know you want to keep teaching, but the only way we got to do it, we got to dismiss them to go eat. Really, in reality, you just want to eat. But you're like, dismiss them to go eat because we, we've got a big issue here and, and we got to solve it by dismissing them. I think it's, let's kind of wrap this thing up. And he looks at you and his response to the problem that you've submitted is simply this. Well, then you give them something to eat. You're, you're sitting there going, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't know if it's me that's supposed to do it. Isn't it interesting that every time we notice a problem and we bring it to God, God in turn looks at us and says, well, then you fix that problem. The, the, the God who can do anything does nothing besides work through his people. How interesting is this, that maybe, just maybe, the spiritual poverty that people, and the spiritual hunger that is necessary that people have in our community today, where we look at it and we go, God, fix our city, fix our community, fix our region. God, in turn, looks down at us and says, you give them something to eat. Maybe Tampa Bay is waiting for Radiant Church to give them something to eat, to give them some life, to give them some word, to give them something that's real. So he said, you know, you give them something to eat and so you go back to your friends and these disciples and you look and you go, well, listen, Jesus kind of got us. He, he told me, he told us to feed these people. They look at each other like, that, that would cost thousands and thousands of dollars. We don't have money for that. And just at that moment, a kid who had snuck off to go back into town, he went to the local Long John Silvers and he was that desperate to eat. You know you got to be hungry to eat some Long John Silvers. <laughs> Obviously, Chick-fil-A was closed. <laughs> the Lord was, Lord was teaching. It was Sunday. So <laughs> he, he comes back. This kid got the two, pit, two fish little uh, meal and 
with a, with a little piece of rolls, and he ordered an extra thing of rolls. And he's walking around with his little box of, of fish and, and bread. And right then, Peter looks over, grabs it, says, you know what? Just tell Jesus, this is all we got. This is all we got. Like, this, this is all the food we got. You know, probably voluntold this kid to give up his food. Jesus wants it. I'm telling you, Jesus asked for it. You give it to him. So they're walking around. They go, this is our way. We've got a little bit, but there's no way the little bit that we got can do anything. Now, let me teach you from this point in the story how you can experience a life of multiplication starting with the little bit that you have. Number one, write it down in your notes. Ready? Is you got to recognize that everything you have is a gift. So a lot of you are walking around thinking that, oh man, look at this five loaves and two fish that I got. Let me tell you, it is not you that got that five loaves and two fish. We have to realize that, man, many times we believe our own press that we are so great that look what we acquired. Look at the business I built. Look at the degree I got. Look at the, look at the, the, the location I launched. I think I, I catch myself all the time. Sitting there walking back with my shoulders back. Oh man, look at what God's done through me. You get this whole like perspective that we're something great. Be very, very careful that you don't start believing that you did something special to get that five loaves and that two fish that you have in your hand. Even the little you have in your hand, you gotta be careful to give God the glory for it. Because listen, the Bible's very clear that pride goes way before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. If we're not careful to, to give credit to where credit's due for the little that we do have, we'll never experience the life of multiplication that God has for us. And, and, and so when I have experienced the blessing of God or things in my life, that little paycheck or that little bonus that I got or that little breakthrough in that relationship, I'm gonna walk around like the Apostle Paul does and say, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm telling you, uh, God's done, it might look small, but let me tell you, the grace of God gave me this thing. The relationship might just be beginning, but it's the grace of God that's given it to me. Let us be a church that walks around in such humility, believing if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be here. Here. None of us had the brains to make this happen. None of us have the energy to do it. Even the energy it took to do it was given by God himself. We are, we are blessed by him, by his grace. Come on, give him better praise than that. So, so they got these little five loaves and two fish. You got to remember, even the little bit you have was given to you as a gift from God. Don't, 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 don't believe this lie that I worked hard. I, I, I'm a self-made man. No, 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 you're not. He, we, are, we are but products of the grace of God. So, so they get this little five loaves and two fish and they realize, they go, okay, it's so small that there's no way that God can use it. Don't we always try to convince God of how what we have is not enough? All the time. Well, God, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. I don't have a great enough education. I have too bad of a past. We have all these excuses of why God can't use what we have. I think it's about time we just throw away those excuses. Throw away the excuses. God is in the business of taking what is messed up, broken, too small, and making it work into abundance. He just does it all throughout the scriptures, and he can do it in your life. So they take this little five loaves and two fish, and you go, okay, I got it. We're going to stump Jesus on this one. When he finds out what we've really got, <laughs> he's going to give up this whole idea, and he'll send the people home. So then you remember, you're the one that's nominated. So you walk up to Jesus. You go, hey, Jesus. Hey, to interrupt you. Point number 42 was awesome. It's so good. We love it. Right to my heart. Got a tear. Like, it's, it's good. But I just want you to know, you told us to find some food. And I want you to know, all that we have is five loaves and two fish. That's it. We, we, don't, have, we don't have enough. I, I don't know if you realize, this is all the food that's in the entire place. As if God doesn't already know what we have. 
And they do this, and he says a phrase to them that we don't like at all. He says, give it to me. Give it to me. This is where the, the, you have to understand that everything changes in the life of multiplication. Write it down in your notes like this, that the miracle starts when we give it to God first. So a lot of you are frustrated because what you have is insignificant. It will always be insignificant in your hands, but significant comes when it goes into the hands of God. So when it's turned over to God, when God has control over it, watch what happens, which by the way, every eye up here looking at me for just a second, a lot of you guys want your life to be significant, want your life to be blessed, but the first thing that you need to do is give your life to Jesus because you can't work hard enough, you can't help enough people enough, you can't give enough money enough to make your life significant. Significance and blessing and miracles happen when you give your life to Jesus. And I think today is a day for a lot of people to make that happen. It's, it's, it's how God works. He wants to bless your life, but write it down in your notes this way. But God does not bless things that are out of order. So a lot of your lives are out of order. Your marriages are out of order. Your family is out of order. And even your finances are out of order. I talked about this a lot last week, so I won't hit on it too much. But I just want you to get this because I want you to experience a blessed life. And I want you to experience in your finances. And I don't say this because the church needs it. Our church is abundantly blessed beyond all we could imagine. But I want you to know, you need to understand that if you want your finances blessed in life, you've got to learn to give to God first. That's why I challenged our church. I challenged them last week. I'll challenge them this week too. If you've never taken that 90-day tithing challenge, start today. Honor God today. 123 families signed up last Sunday alone and said, you know what? We're going to start honoring God with our finances. And I'm telling you, watch what will happen over those 90 days. You'll see the windows of heaven open over your life. But it doesn't just bring about blessings in your life. You know what it does? It actually teaches you. This is, I love what Deuteronomy says. The purpose of tithing is to teach us to always put God first in our lives. So every time we give to God, it just conditions our heart to say, God, you're number one. And when God is first, I promise you, blessings always follow your life. It will happen in your life. Katie and I have lived this way, that when we've had abundance, we gave to God. And when we were strapped, we gave to God. We've always put God first, and he's always met our needs and and blessed our life. And he'll do it for you also. Here's what you do. This is the lie we believe. Because it's so small, there's no way God can use it. That's the same lie that the disciples tried to do with the five loaves and the two fish. The need is so great, what is my little bit going to do? But I want you to understand this. It's that the, when, the, when God blesses it, what seems like not enough always becomes more than enough. This is the miracle of God. It'll always become more than enough in your life when the blessing of God comes on it. I want you to just hear one story of a family who learned to put God first. Check this out. So in the beginning, um, we both were starting new businesses and um, had unpredictable financial resources. Um, if there was any predictability, as that was, we didn't have enough, and we were struggling. Tithing was something that was just a word that the adults use, and um, I'm not sure during those days I really understood what it was about, and I don't think we really got a, a really good understanding of it until we made a major effort. Uh, The church that we belonged to in Wisconsin at the time, who funded their entire missions budget with uh, a faith promise. And so personally, not having grown up in a family that was active in a church or or giving, 
I didn't know what that was, and I know a lot of people today don't know what that is, so it was a learning experience for me. But uh, what we learned about the faith promise was that it was a, a decision between us and God to give sacrificially from resources that we didn't know where they would come from. And so this was over and above our regular giving, which I have to admit was not very um, faithful in our, in our giving at that point in time. Not much Be to give. Not much to give, and <laughs> yeah, we didn't, it was, it was pretty minimal at that point. But we were intrigued by the, by the faith promise, and so we both prayed about it and came up with an amount that was crazy, um, something that w was beyond our wildest ability to give. A year later, just before the next Faith Promise uh, missions program was starting at our church, we went out to the mailbox together, which almost never happened, but we were there at the mailbox when we found an envelope that had a stock certificate in it. And Dick had been married before, went through a divorce, so he was starting from below zero, and so was I. And if we had known that there was additional money out there, this would have been cashed in a long time ago. <laughs> The next day we called and we got the dollar amount and it was the exact amount of our faith promise. And that was when we really started a more faithful walk in our giving. Yes. And over the years, um, we, you know, it was, we never, we didn't jump right into the 10% tithe, but we worked our way up to it gradually and then beyond that. And it, we are at the point now that giving just brings so much joy. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm the rare person who loves when a pastor stands up and starts talking about money and generosity. I just love it because I pray that it will impact yeah. someone's lives and help them to see the joy in giving because that is truly how God works in our lives. We're Lori and Dick Watt, and this is our Radiant Story. Come on, what an incredible story of God's faithfulness. I love it. And, and let me tell you, this is the story. I, I love this couple so much because God's blessed their family so, in such supernatural ways. It's actually a true story. Uh, they started coming to Radiant, and they were living an hour and a half south of here, and they drove every Sunday for an hour and a half just to be here. And finally, they heard God's voice clearly and moved to God's area of Tampa Bay and now attend every Sunday. Praise God. But I'm telling you, there's something about you want the miracle in your life realize it's when you release it first to God and say, God, I'm going to give it to you first and watch what happens. Watch, by the way, you've already given them your time today. You've been to church, you've showed up, you got the kids ready and you're sitting there doubting going, oh man, what am I going to, this whole week is going to be overwhelming. No, 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 no. Your week's going to look different. You know why? Because you gave God your first and the miracle starts when you give God your first. Your time is going to be extended this week. Your energy is going to be better because you showed up to church today. There's something happens when we honor honor God first. So the story goes, Jesus says, hey, hey, give it to me. So, so you're probably up there. You got a little roll, you know, that you've been trying to like hide away because you're like, man, I'm starving. And you're, Jesus is like, hey, give me something. Now, now there had been stories throughout the scriptures of food multiplication. And Jesus had done so many miracles. You probably had this moment. Remember, you're in the story. You had this moment where you turn to him and you go, hey, disciples, listen, I know what's about to happen. We're going to give Jesus this food and he's going to multiply it just like it happened in the Old Testament, we're going to see a miracle. Watch, watch what happens. So you walk up to Jesus with your little bread and you go, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. Let's, let's do this thing. And, and you go to hand it to him and, and he goes to take it. But you know, you're kind of, you're having that moment like you always do before you give to God. You know what I mean? You're like, you're kind of like, holding on a little tight, and Jesus is like, let it go, let it go. All right, all right. So you got it, Jesus. And then you're looking at everybody going, watch, watch what happens. He's going to pray for it. 
And it's, there's going to be enough food that shows up for everybody to eat. Watch what happens. Jesus lays his hand on it and says, and blesses it. And then Jesus takes it and he breaks it and he gives you this piece back. And you look at it and you go, uh, this seems like less than what I gave you before. Like, like <laughs> Jesus, I don't know what you were getting at here, but this seems like less. I gave to you because I wanted to multiply. I gave you my life because I wanted a blessing. Some of you guys, you gave Jesus your life and then all hell broke loose in your life. You go, God, I asked for a blessing and in return, it looks like a breaking. Here, here's it. I just want to warn you because, because no pastor will do this. I've got to do this for you because a lot of times when you honor God, when you're obedient to God, when you give to God of your time and your resources, when you live a life of generosity, I want you to embrace this process that sometimes things look worse before they get better. And you have to just embrace this because a lot of times you, you look in the account and you go, but God, it looks like 10% of my account is just gone. It looks like that, that those finances are gone forever. It looks like that relationship just ended. I, I gave my life to you, and I wanted community, and then I have no friends. Why is this? There's a season after the blessing that looks like a season of the breaking. Can I encourage you in here? Don't run from the breaking seasons. It is in those seasons where you feel broken, where you feel like, it's, it, you feel like all is lost, when you feel like you're in lack, that you latch on to God and you say, God, I don't understand it, but I'm believing that 90% with your blessing is greater than 100% without it. I'm believing that even my brokenness in this season is better than my life without you. I believe that even though I've lost those friends, I'm going to believe that it's better than when I had them. We experience seasons of brokenness. And let me write, I want you to write it down in your notes this way, that just because it looks broken doesn't mean it's not blessed. And I want you to embrace the fact that, you know what, it might look broken in your life right now, but at just this is where you trust God. And if you just keep doing what's right, you keep doing it, you keep showing up, you keep serving, you keep giving. I promise you, church, it might look broken, but at the end of the day, you're going to have the 12 basketfuls left over, and you're going to say, look what God has done. I, I, it looked broken in the meantime, but at the end of it, I'm walking in abundance. Look what God has done. That is the story of my life. It is a story of this church, and I believe it's a story that you're walking through right now. You go, Aaron, it looks broken. It looks like it, 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 as soon as I got serious about God, it seems like everything has fallen apart. Just, just, just embrace the fact that if God has blessed it, even if it looks broken, it'll be abundance on the other side. You are made to multiply. Number four, the last thing that happens in our story today. He breaks it. It's in the hands, and it's, isn't it interesting? Just, just hear me for just a second. Isn't it interesting that the multiplication doesn't happen in Jesus' hands? What? Jesus doesn't do this stuff, and all of a sudden, all this bread starts multiplying and fish, and then Jesus is walking around with baskets. No, no, Jesus put the broken stuff right back into their hands, and they're walking around going, you know what? It doesn't seem like enough, but I'm just believing that with God's blessing, it's gonna be a miracle. And you know what they do? He just starts serving. And he just started taking it and going, okay, I'm going to give to this. I'm, I'm going to give it away here. 
I'm gonna get, I gotta pay this bill. I gotta do this thing. This is what a lot of your life looks like. I gotta, I gotta do this and I gotta do this. And for some reason, you talk to anybody that tithes, anybody that honors God with their time, anybody that's given their life to Jesus, it's as soon, it might look broken, but the more they give out, for some reason, it just never, it just never dries up. It just never dries up. Because there's just a life that I want to live like these disciples. And here it is, number four, is simply this, that God multiplies what we're willing to give away. And if we'll live in a life with an open hand, just saying, God, if, if, you're, if I'm willing to give it away, you'll multiply it in my life. I'm telling you, you'll see abundance in every area of your life. You're willing to give away. You, some of you are so strapped for your time. And the, the root issue is that you just don't feel like you have enough because even in the little you have, you're not giving it away to things that matter. Watch what happens when you start living a life where you start giving things away. You start blessing other people. You start living in abundance. You'll see the multiplication of God on your life. The miracle happened. Despite the dip, they started to distribute. And I think that's what God wants to do in your life. I think it's amazing when you start to honor God and you start to pay the bills and for some reason at the end of the month you go, there's some left over. How is that possible? I don't know. God's just faithful to us. He's just good to us. That's the story of our church. We, we've been a church that has always had like, I feel like we've, we've got the bad hands sometimes. We've got a rundown theater sometimes and struggles in our city and, and issues in facility. But at the end of the day, we just keep honoring God. And guess what? He keeps bringing up blessings and abundance and breakthroughs. And every year of our life, there's something happens there. God will multiply what we're willing to give away. That's why I love this scripture. It's one of the scriptures I live by. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And this isn't just about money. This is about your life. Watch what happens when you go all in with God. In the same measure you give, that'll be what it's given to you. You watch when you go all in with God, how he'll go all in on you. This is a story of what God wants to do with you. I'll give you a closing story. Um, just the hand of God and provision in our lives. I, I've always just wanted to live this way. I actually made a decision when we started this church. We're going to live with such an open hand. God tells us to give. Every time he tells us to give, we're going to be obedient. And watch how he just walks in abundance. And I got story after story. I'll share one of them. A couple years ago, um, we were just at a place of blessing in, in Katie and I's life. And we've not always been in that place. We've been in struggle. And when we moved here, we were struggling big time. We went from two full-time salaries to one part-time salary. We lived off of Katie's um, salary as we both were trying to launch the church. But we always gave to God. We've never stopped. And we always saw God's hand on our life. I remember one Christmas, I, the very first Christmas, we did not have enough money to buy each other gifts. We're like, well, this year we'll just kind of take off on the gifts idea because it's the first Christmas. We just started the church two months before. And then... Uh, and then the legacy offering came around. I was like, you know what? I'm going to honor God. I'm going to give God, we're going we're gonna to give above and beyond our tithe, $100. That was a big deal for us that first year. Go to missions, go make a big difference. And, and I remember we gave that on that uh, first uh, Sunday in December in 2013. The next week, no exaggeration, no lie. I'm telling you, I've lived this life of multiplication. The next week, I opened our mailbox, and there was a check from a pastor I didn't even know in Alabama. Sent me a check, said, I've heard about your church. I know it's your first Christmas as a church planner, and I want to help pay for your Christmas gifts. Here's $1,000. You can't give it to anybody. You have to use it for your family. God's blessed our life. A couple years ago, true story, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying this. I just want to create a church of, of generosity. I think it's our goal. We live a life where I'm just always asking God, God, what do you have us do? So a couple years ago, there was a church planner in our town struggling financially, and God really put him on my heart. And 
And I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I said, and he, I really felt the Lord say, give them your minivan. Well, I hated the minivan anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not a minivan guy. But I said, I don't know about that, God. So I told Katie, I said, hey, Katie, I think we should help them out financially. She's like, well, what do you think? I think let's give them some money. So I go back to pray the next day. And God said, I didn't tell them you to give them money. I told you to give them a minivan. Give them the minivan. Say, well, God, I don't buy cars unless I have cash for it. We have three kids at the time. I don't have a way to get around. God said, if you're willing to give it away, I'll willing to give you a vehicle. I remember just having this conversation with God. So Katie and I got together. We said, okay, here's the plan. We're going to save up some money. We'll save it up over the next year. And then we'll, we'll have enough money to buy a new van so that you can have a new van. And then we'll give this minivan away. But we're willing to do it. The next week, we sit down with one of our family members. True story, Katie can verify we sat down with one of our family members and we're sitting across the table and they said, hey, y'all aren't expecting this, y'all didn't ask for this, but we sold some stock and we wanted to bless you guys personally and they handed us an envelope. In the envelope was the exact amount we needed to buy a new minivan. The van Katie drives around today was purchased from that thing. If you're willing to give it, God will willing to give it to you. I'm telling you, let's be a church that is so open-handed with our city, that is willing to bless the poor and the hurting and the broken and watch as we give, God will bring back into our life in abundance. You were made for multiplication. Come on, does anybody believe it? Can you give God some praise today? All right, with every eye closed and every head bowed, the first step in all of this is that you make an intentional decision today to give Jesus your life. You'll never experience the blessing and significance of God if you don't first give your life to him. I want you to know you can't do enough good, you can't try enough good things to make your way to heaven, to walk into that significance and blessing. No, you gotta give Jesus your sin, your past. Today is your day of salvation. With every eye closed at every location, every head bowed, if that's you, and you're ready to give Jesus your life, on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me, I want you to put it right back down. Ready, one, two, three. Throw the hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A dozen plus in this room. I know this happening in Brandon. St. Pete, Heights. Throw those hands up. Put it right back down. Thank you, thank you back there. Thank you. Just say it like this. Say, God, I give you my life. I want the significance you have for me, but I know it takes giving me my sin and my past and my struggles today. Tell them this. Jesus, be my Lord. and Be my Savior. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. I want a blessed life, but I know it comes with following you first. So I give you everything. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate with a dozen or so people who just made the best decision of their life? Best decision of their life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that connection card. I want you to check on there. I committed my life to Christ. We're gonna send you some resources. We're gonna send you a gift in the mail to help you on that journey. Radiant Church, let's end this service by living open-handed, by giving to God. There's three ways to give right here in the service, online, through text giving. You know what's the interesting part is you're preparing to give. The story tells us that there's 12 basketfuls left over. Why? I, I, there's a lot of theories out there. I'll tell you my theory about it. The reason there was 12 basketfuls is because there was 12 disciples who I think would walk out each carrying a giant basket full of fish and bread to eat for the next few weeks of their life. They're gonna get so sick of fish and bread right there. And you know what they were just doing? They're walking around and all they're thinking about is, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. I'm telling you, there's something about giving to God. You walk away going, you know what? You can never outgive God. He's been good to you. He's been faithful to you. Let's honor him with our generosity and watch what he'll do in your life. Lord, bless your church. I pray you bless the finances of this church. 
bless the givers of our church. We want to live a life of multiplication, not just financially, but an influence and impact and disciple making. Lord, to make a difference around the world, use our lives for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.